0: Hi and welcome to the fourth episode of the Martial Arts Journey. My name is Rokas, for those who are joining in just now. I'm an Aikido practitioner, I've been training Aikido for 14 years now, running a professional dojo for six, uh, been training as uchideshi for free, so Aikido is a big part of my life, but my eyes were well opened up by uh, questioning Aikido, questioning traditional martial arts and pressure testing them. And this journey led me to talk with various specialists who already went through some similar paths or asked similar questions and one of those specialists that i met when i was in the uk and england i was visiting my brother and uh, i told him that i really want to meet someone who he knows because he he knows a lot of people there a bunch of people i said i want to meet someone who is proficient in functional martial arts and well first i was looking into meeting a friend of him who's a who's a high-performing, uh, prof- uh, semi-professional fighter. I wasn't able to do that, but then he came up with another idea that there was his friend called Marius. He's also from Lithuania, from from my country, who lives there. And he's been working in security for a bunch of years in, in, really, uh, in, in places where he really needed to address and get into a lot of physical conflicts. He was training... He trained. He has a background in MMA. had some had a few amateur fights, and also he has a scientific uh, mind, as I like to say. He was going to sports. Uh, He finished. uh, He has a sports uh, sports science degree, so he has a very good understanding of how the physical mind, uh, how the physical body works, psychology of sports work. So he has this ability to really question things. What I was also aiming for, and I said, you know what make this meeting happen, let, let, me, let, me, let me meet, meet your, with your friend, and uh, ask asked him to, to give me a bit of training. So we trained for about an hour, looked at what works, what doesn't, in terms of functional martial arts, and uh, then we sat down to have this conversation about how traditional martial arts, oftentimes, they lack that mentality of questioning, they lack that mentality of pressure testing, that there's a lot of ideas in traditional martial arts which never go through, through reality. They just have these ideas and they keep on promoting them in this closed circle in between themselves without, uh, without testing it with other martial arts, without testing it with other practices, without testing it in a live manner and how that builds a false understanding of what martial arts is, what self-defense is, and what works and what doesn't. Uh, so this conversation—it's a bit shorter than most of my podcasts, but I think than the previous podcast. But I think it definitely worth, is worth attention. Uh, it's about twenty minutes long, twenty twenty-five. Uh, we'll talk about some. We'll talk about the beginning of the UFC, how the UFC transformed the world of martial arts, how it brought into light the deficiencies of many martial arts, how it exposed what works, what doesn't, and, and how the world of martial arts transformed afterwards. And also we'll touch a bit of the aspects of that questioning mind, of how non-questioning can lead to bad practices, bad mentality. And also a few examples, if I remember well, if I remember correctly, a few examples about the traditional martial arts, martial artists, some of them evolving into, evolving their practice into the UFC and taking what works, disregarding what doesn't, kind of the Bruce Lee way. And uh, so, so a, a bunch of interesting things here. I hope you will enjoy this episode and I'll meet you in the next one. So, without further ado, I'll let you go to the talk. I'm very happy to be here with Marius, who is experienced in uh, boxing, he has some MMA background, and uh, some uh, sports degrees, so maybe just so I would, wouldn't mess this up, I'll ask him for a short background.
1: Uh. Yes, alright, so um, so I've got a degree in sports and exercise sciences uh, with physiology from the University of Leeds. Um, I, I did have a c- couple of amateur fights uh, in the MMA and uh, in Thai boxing as well. I currently work with, uh, with a few professional fighters um, regarding, you know, Recovery and and the sports injuries and uh, and so on. So you know, ranging from um, professional boxers and and people that do mainly MMA training as well.
0: So uh, I was lucky enough uh, to to experience a bit of uh, the coaching, the teaching from Marius in terms of boxing. Uh, But as we were as we were working together, uh, we we talked about traditional martial arts and modern martial arts and. I found the insights that he shared very, very valuable. So I just wanted to talk shortly about that uh, together. So what, how do you feel, we just, how do you feel, what's the trouble with the traditional martial arts that they're facing right now in terms of MMA being so big in the world?
1: Right, so um, I I think first of all, we have to start at at the beginnings of MMA. And I mean, you know, I'm not sure if most of your viewers have an idea how it started, mainly with Gracie brothers that, adapted traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu um, and uh, they, you know, they basically uh, developed a martial art which is called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now with you know, loads of submissions and they literally believed that that was the best martial art in the world, most effective martial art and uh, they wanted to prove it so they put together this tournament that was called Ultimate Fighting Championship. And, um, It kind of was a freak show because you would get people that were doing different kind of martial arts and I think in UFC 4 you had a a Boxer guy that was wearing one boxing glove and then you know uh, he had no glove on his left hand. I mean it was weird But you would get different people from different backgrounds and they would compete together and not surprisingly Gracie, you know uh, showed numerous times that it was the best martial art he would actually he started you know, calling out most of the uh, martial artists and going into the dojos, karate dojos, and, and just, you know, putting, I wouldn't say in exhibitions, they were putting real fights and it was just showing the effectiveness of, of jiu-jitsu. Um, so I think at the point where now, you know, with the MMA being so big and, you know, UFC being accepted at this, this um, like professional sport, um, you know we have to realize that uh, and pride as well i must say you know the japanese organization um although the, the the rule set is it's more um you know it's more savage if you want to call that you know it's more you know you, you could use soccer kicks and and you know headbutts and all that kind of stuff so it's like more you know the closest thing you can get to a street fight and uh, i think what MMA actually proved is, is the techniques that actually work and the techniques that don't. And few of the schools, you know, including Aikido and Tai Chi and Wing Chun and, you know, um, some other schools, you know, they, they, they actually, um, they didn't want to get involved in this experiment. Uh, they didn't want to challenge Gracie. They, they were just basically saying that um, our martial arts are very effective and they're, they are so effective that they are deadly so therefore right. we can't actually f- show the full potential in the ring and obviously you have got some rules in the ring but in the first few UFCs you, you could do anything you want including i think it was like just eye gouging that was prohibited um, mm-hmm. so i mean and i think the issue nowadays is that they became kind of cult, if I want to right. be blunt right. and they became very um, you know um, how can I, how can I say this they became very uh, careful of what um, what they're presenting to the public so um, very secluded. It was almost like you know they, they don't want to take any risks and I think the recent events in China when um this mma fight and i I don't even think he's a high level athlete he called out this tai chi master and um, i mean he beat him in 17 seconds or something like that crazy Um, and i think you know he had to go into hiding basically because all the tai chi um, uh, you know i want to say cult (laughs) uh cult members they were after him you know they were threatening to kill him and for exposing the sacred martial art but um i think that's what actually stunned the growth Mm -hmm. of traditional martial arts is not adapting and not saying right this is what works this is what doesn't you know let's adapt this and you know instead of them um you know adapting to the different settings and 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 seeing what gracie was doing and obviously after that like I mentioned before, wrestling, and then you had people from more traditional backgrounds coming in, like Taekwondo guys, you know, guys that have uh, black belts in Taekwondo, karate, point karate. When at first in UFC everyone was laughing at them, but you can adjust it, you know, and now you, you have uh, Wonderboy Thompson, or you, you had Machida, who was UFC, you know. Uh, a light heavyweight champion at, at, at some point you know he came from like a karate background and he was a big proponent of karate but he did adapt his game to it and you know the, the, some movements and some styles they can be adapted very efficiently and it presents a lot of issues for your opponent so um i i think you know going back to the question sorry sure, for the no, run uh, um i i think you know those traditional martial arts that um, didn't involve themselves in this, you know, big experiment, they actually did themselves a massive disservice because, right. um, you know, the popularity's gone down right. drastically, and you know, people can see, you know, through all the bullshit. Sorry for the, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah and uh, obviously the internet really helps as well because you can't just have like in the 90s you can't have some some guy that's like 50 years old completely out of shape you know showing the moves that don't really work you know you get exposed straight away you get people that come in and they film you and they challenge you and then you know that's it you're done your practice is done you can't make money anymore and, and you know and right so like rightly, you know,
0: and maybe just one more question in terms of the practical side. Uh, so, as far as I know, you don't have a traditional martial arts background. No, I
1: don't. Or, no, I you, to be honest, like I mentioned before, I, I don't feel like I can talk, right. uh, you know, for mixed martial artists because my background is very basic. But, right. um, you know, w- w- what I've noticed myself and also using you know my knowledge in physiology and and having so much exposure to different sports and you know uh, people from different backgrounds different martial arts i've noticed that not only you have to become a master at something you also have to be very physiologically prepared you know you have to be you essentially you have to become the best athlete you can you can be so if 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 we're looking back to uh, to kids nowadays if you have a child, you don't want him to be a rugby player. You don't want him to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. What you want him to be is to play different sports. Mm-hmm. So he can get exposed to different s- settings. So the body and the brain, you know, motor cortex, to gets exposed to different stimuli, which, which then in turn makes you, a, you know, a better athlete. You can react better in different surroundings. So mm-hmm. and maybe when, you know, you're 17 or 18, um, I'm not saying you can't do it like boxing or, you know, kickboxing or Thai boxing or, you know, wrestling, you know, early on. But, I mean, uh, you have a full full set of, 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 of tools, you know. And also, I think, when you get exposed to different environments, unlike traditional martial arts, which they, you know, keep themselves in the controlled environment, and let's say they, you know, they learn defense from a punch, from a person that's never thrown a punch, you know, it's uh, it's not just not just irrational. It's just it's um, I think that's the need for safety, you know. And um, so you want to be exposed to as many different situations as you can. You want to run well, mm. you know. And you, we see from MMA MMA exposed that I think they're one of the hard, most hardworking, you know, uh, athletes in the world. They, they have to be strong. They have to be very well-enduranced, you know, you have to have really good balance, you have to have really good skills, you know, on top of that, you have to be, you know, all well-rounded. I, I know there's always, you know, um, the side of being a specialist like, you know, Mayweather or, you know, or Holyfield or whatever, you know, just a boxer, but um, I mean, when it comes to martial arts and effectiveness of defending yourself, I think, um, you know, that stuff works. You know, and and it, it all depends on the setting, like we talked before. It all depends on the situation that you're in and what you're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, I mean, if if I give an example and you know the most famous fight of the century i think you know flame floyd mayweather against Connor. i mean there was always a chance that Connor can win he's always had a punching chance at least you know 10 or 5 percent and he was presented floyd with very awkward style and whatever you think of the fight if it was f- fixed or not uh everyone knows that if i if that was the other way around yeah would <laughs> it would be you know it would be 99% chance, right. like you know, 100%, I must yeah. say, you know. So, you can't escape that. You can be a specialist um, at certain things, but you still have to have some kind of knowledge and background. And, I mean, if you look at the best boxer in the world, Lamachenko, I mean, he started boxing from a young age, you know, uh, but he also did laws of gymnastics, he's doing laws of, mm. you know. Um, emotional coordination work you know he's doing loads of different stuff to, to 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 become a better better boxer you know so i think it just showed how important your you you know your well-roundedness is at everything nowadays
0: you would have to give an advice to, to a person who feels like so that's <laughs> pretty much my case for a person who was in that cult mentality for a long time in terms of martial arts yeah. being very closed and and he wants to be so even if that's advice is directly towards me Uh, and that person wants to uh, become more well-rounded but but also respect the fact that he he has that practice from the past Uh, so what what would you offer what would be the basic things that a person would need to go through to become
1: well you see i can't offer anything right (laughs) i'm just talking but um in my opinion my personal opinion and i might be wrong because it's it's okay to be wrong It's completely fine if you invested so much time into one martial art, and in your case, it was Aikido. And you want you realized, you know, again in the experiment, yeah. you know what, I was fooled for the last whatever years right. 15 years, yeah. I was pretty much played with, yeah. you know. And uh, what you have to do now, you just have to reset. You, you have to realize, right. I do need knowledge of striking. Like even you know when we worked early on, like even your your natural you know habit was just turn away from the punch. You kind of have that in a fight, you know whatever it is in the street or, I mean it's very unlikely. We're in the safe you know we're living in the safest time ever. So it's very unlikely that you're gonna fight in the street. But just for the sakes of it, you know better safe than sorry, right? Um, uh, Right. So. I, I would say, you know, you, you have to take a boxer and learn, you know, boxing stuff from from him, you know, you have to learn um, how to how to move like a boxer to in order to understand, right? Um, you also have to take a wrestler as well and just a practitioner or just, you know, maybe go to a gym that's very well rounded regarding the MMA, you know. Um see what works and, and then you have to pull back and say, right, okay, so I invested so many hours into this, uh, this thing that, you know, um, proven to be, like, quite ineffective, you know. But then you can say, right, okay, what can I take from it? All right, so maybe you can use only 10% of your, of your previous skills, right? But 10% sometimes is a lot. Right, right. It's, it I mean, yeah, it, may, it can make a difference, you know, so, you know, it's. you can't just, you know, laugh at those martial arts because some of them are actually, you know, quite effective. And you could see that in UFC in the, in the journey of MMA rather, um, you know, everyone's laughing at some point at Taekwondo guys because right. they didn't do some striking. But then you got a person that's got uh, you know, black belt Taekwondo, but he has all the other basics, and then he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, spin kicking people to hell, you know. Right. Yeah. And then you go another person that's, you know, a point karate guy that grew up doing point karate, and his timing is so good, and it's so hard to get, and he's in and out, and it's so hard to deal with, and you know, he's just knocking people out and giving so much trouble to them because it's just no one's seen it before. So, and and you know. Obviously, you've got one of the greatest fighters ever, you know, Anderson Silva is a big proponent of Wing Chun and you just find it weird, you know, and from my personal perspective, you know, if it works, it works. Right. Yeah, so he was a big proponent of, 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 of Wing Chun and, you know, he tried him when he was fighting against, you know, Diaz and, and then again, you get a person like Diaz who has incredible chin, has incredible stamina, I'm talking about Nick Diaz, obviously, Nate, the same man, you know, and and he has amazing jiu-jitsu and he's not afraid to go on the floor, you know, because he has amazing jiu-jitsu. He's not afraid to strike because he has really good boxing. But then, you know, you get someone like Dos Angeles who fought Nate Diaz and he just picked him apart, leg kicks. And I mean, you know, you have to know the basics, I think you know, and, and because of the impact of MMA, every person now who's growing up, if, <laughs> like, if you see a person that has any kind of jiu-jitsu gear in, in his car, right, you you better, you know, be nice to the guy, because he might choke you out unconscious. Like, you can't, you can't, you know, road rage on him. You can't, because, you know, it's. it's Changed the game completely a lot of people are much more educated you know at first you would they, they used to boo when people would go to the ground and you know try submissions and stuff and now you watch it and everyone's like yeah because they realize the, the crowd you know the public is getting more and more educated and they realize what's true you know and that's what they want you know but but then yeah and I think that's very important for someone like you to get the base and then pulling back and saying right um what can I learn? What can I adapt from my though that what present my opponent with, a, with a, you know, some issues to deal with in the fight? Let's say, or maybe not not an opponent. Maybe you know, just self-defense wise. Maybe you knowing how to, uh, you know, move yourself away for a person you know that's trying to hurt you and then using your Aikido technique or maybe if he's grabbing you maybe knowing how to stop a takedown or maybe know how to control a clinch maybe you know it it, it might put you in a position where you can use the Aikido in that sense right so I think that's very important
0: So from what you're saying I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion or understanding that I cannot learn Aikido 100% 100% and then expect to be great because of that everywhere but it's rather and to bring that to bring that to everywhere but actually have to learn the roundness of everything and then see what i can bring from aikido there rather than
1: yes you know. to be honest like if, if 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 that was me again if i was 15 years old yeah. and i had a choice of what to learn my aikido wouldn't be the first choice sure. you know because it's not the most effective looking at, yeah. at what it gives you for the time you're spending you know right. um, some people are never going to be great at fighting just won't you know yeah. like some people pick things up like that mm. and i think that's where being a great athlete is you know because you can show a guy how to tackle or how to do a takedown or how to punch and he picks it up in a few weeks and like jesus i've spent years working <laughs> right and he's just doing this and you know but if i was 15 I probably would go back to wrestling, you know, uh, freestyle wrestling or Greek-Roman wrestling, just to, to feel the control, because I think it's the safest, um, you know, although you're always on, you know, in the disadvantage, because it always starts on your feet, right. but you have a control where you can take the fight, you know, and then obviously you have to know how to defend against a jiu-jitsu person, because you don't want to take a jiu-jitsu guy down, because he's yeah, right. so comfortable in that setting, yeah, you know, right. so, and, and vice versa you know like you have to pick uh, you know you, you 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 have to make sure you can you're well-rounded meaning you you have to work on your weaknesses but you also have to excel at your strengths as well as i think you know if you're a brilliant striker it doesn't mean that right i'm gonna forget striking now i'm gonna work on my wrestling no no work on both right but your striking is a primary thing you know um so, yeah, and then, you know, you've got physical conditioning as well. So I don't know if that answers yeah, yeah, your does, question. You know, uh, I, I would say for you, because yeah. you spend already so much time. Right. I, that's what I would do. If, if I had the Aikido black belt, I would, and then I suddenly realized, right, this doesn't work, right. uh, or maybe works, but I need to adjust it. Mm. Yeah. That's what I would do. I would learn all the basics. I would get comfortable in those different settings, and then I would you know put it together so if 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 we're looking at you know the best fighters in the world nowadays and in mma like um he's actually fighting i think this week is uh, mighty mouse uh, johnson he's you know the, the lightest weight category uh, mma uh, practitioner and he's not perfect at everything mm. but he's a champion because he flows so well so he can do everything very well And it presents people with different, you know, uh, uh, different problems. So, you know, he he might not be the best striking his weight division, but his striking goes so well with wrestling. Right. It transitions so well. You know, people just overwhelmed with because there's so much stimulus, there's so much different things that can happen. You know, so I I think, you know, um, once you adjust, once you realize how everything works. So how the body mechanics works, how, you know, uh, boxing works and, you know, different martial arts, then you can adjust it. But like I said, if you're an Aikido person and you think you're adjusting uh, a defense from the punch using a person that doesn't know how to punch, it's kind of counterintuitive. You have to bring a boxer in and say, right, what what I want you to do is punch me in the face. And you know, chances are, (laughs) <laughs> you will punch in the face the first time very well, right? Yeah. right? But then you, you see where it works, you know? Right. Cool. That's what I think.
0: Great. This is perfect. Thank you very much. This, oh. is, this is what I needed to hear, and this is what I feel a lot of the audience needed to hear. So thank you very much for. Okay, thanks. Us. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you. <laughs>